Hey everybody, welcome. Thank you so much for joining. My name is Matthew. Today, uh, instead of some long scale charts, we're going to mix it up a little bit and just look at a table over the long term. Hopefully I can make the numbers pop for you here in this video. Um, this is NATO military expenditures, particularly, specifically, if you look at every individual member nation of NATO, of the Alliance, of the North Atlantic Treaty, uh, perhaps likely the strongest military alliance ever. Um, we're going to look at what is called the 2% guideline. Okay? It's not actually a mandate. It's not required even. It's a guideline. 2% of GDP is the guideline for all member nations to spend on their military. Okay, And just to give you uh, an idea, rough, rough figures, very rough here. Uh, the United States' GDP itself is a little bit more than uh, $20 trillion. And uh, if it would spend uh, $2 trillion, roughly, that would be 10% of GDP. It's not there. It's actually, the GDP is a little bit higher. The spending is way lower. It's about a trillion. So what happens is it works out to uh, about 3.3% as of this year is what the United States spends on its military as a proportion of total gross domestic product. Okay, so here we have a table here of all 30 member nations. This does not include Finland, which just uh, acceded to the treaty, became a member this year in 2023. It does not include Sweden, uh, who perhaps likely will join in 2024, but definitely has already gotten the go from everyone except for Turkey. So we have the 30 uh, NATO member nations here on this table. And as you go back in time, this goes back to 1980. I will extend this. And the goal is to get uh, these trackers on my website in a more readable format in the near future. But you see here, going back to 1980, we have NATO was basically half the size. All right, this was during the Cold War. Uh, during a, about the start of the thaw, actually. Um, very still tenuous situation here, end of 70s, early 80s. But Reagan was about to come into power. And uh, there was going to be some more productive conversations with Gorbachev and Reagan in the 1980s, and eventually the dissolution of the Soviet Union in 1991. In any event, you see here in 1980, 15-nation, uh, 15-member 15 15 state uh, NATO alliance, most of them are green, okay? And what is green? That's if they're above the 2% military expenditure per GDP during the year, okay? And sometimes they're quite a bit above. Uh, two, three, four percent in Greece's case, uh, close to five percent in the United Kingdom and the United States's case. Now, one more thing to keep in mind or to uh, just highlight, I guess, there are three countries that have always met the two percent threshold. Those are the United States, the United Kingdom, and Greece. Greece actually historically, interestingly, has joined NATO in 1950. Two, and they joined with a historical uh, rival. Uh, certainly, they've had many wars uh, in the past, whether those nations were called Greece or uh, Turkey. Turkey is the other nation, of course, that I'm speaking about. They both joined in 1952, uh, and Greece historically has viewed its sovereignty as paramount, and it is in a, uh, what it views as a geopolitical hotspot in the Mediterranean. They have always spent more than the 2% of GDP on their military. Interesting to think about when you think about 
over the last 10 years, 15 years since the global financial crisis, Greece has always been looked at as this kind of banana republic, but at least when it comes to sovereignty, they have uh, spent on that. Again, I'm going to try to be somewhat apolitical in this video. Um, most people know my alliances, where I think what I think about with national defense and sovereignty here. Um, nonetheless, I'm just going to try to explain what's been happening over the last 30, 40 years, which is what this table is about. Okay, so three countries have always made the 2% guideline, the 2% threshold of military spending. One other thing to point out is uh, what does 2% mean historically for the military? Well, uh, for the United States, for example, if you looked further back, again, this only goes to 1980, but you look, if you look back into the 70s or the 60s, when the Vietnam War was going on, uh, when it was a much more tenuous period of the Cold War, the United States was at 10% or above 10% of GDP, okay, to give you a little bit of perspective. And during World War II, the United States in particular, uh, as it was becoming the superpower, was almost up to 40% of GDP per year. In 1943, 1944, they were at 37%, one-third, over one-third military expenditure versus the total output, that is the total go goods and service value of the economy in the year. One last point to make. When you talk about military expenditures per GDP, it does not necessarily show you how strong a military is at any given time. Of course, military is a cumulative thing. It's a cultural thing. It's a congressional or parliamentary thing. Um, Everybody knows with it, the size of its Navy, Army, Air Force, aircraft carriers, uh, the United States is the superpower uh, in the world. Uh, there is China trying to, uh, to get to their level, but they have m many, many, many less aircraft carriers at the moment. Uh, and then there is, of course, Russia, which is the, they would like more and more to take the mantle of the historical superpower of the USSR, the communist socialist USSR. Uh, and they are still what is known in United States military parlance as a near peer, a near peer, uh, primarily because they have nuclear weapons from the Soviet times. Okay. So when you see these numbers on this table, of course, don't think of necessarily what it means to relative strength for any military at any given time. I just want to give you again, the highlights during this video. Okay. Just a couple more points for this video. You see here in the 80s, still while the Cold War was on, mostly all nations were hitting the 2% threshold. Okay, it was a very different time. And then when the thaw came, again, this is, these are every five years here on this table, you see nations start to fall off. You don't see the US and the UK and Greece fall off, but most other European nations here and there, even France was pretty much hitting it until uh, the 2010s started to fall off. They were very close, but they were based on my numbers, rounding a little bit under 2%, okay? And all the rest were as well, okay? You see a big enlargement here in uh, 1999 and 2004. Uh, that's when NATO expanded to almost its size today. You had three countries, the Visegrad countries, uh, Poland, Hungary, and the Czech Republic come in 1999, and then you had seven more, Baltics, the other Visegrad uh, countries, Slovakia, uh, Bulgaria, Romania come into the fold in 2004. And, um, 
and then just a couple smaller ones, Croatia, uh, North Macedonia, a little bit after that, and that Montenegro, and then you have until today, until Vladimir Putin's full-scale invasion on Ukraine, which happened in February 2022. Now you have Sweden and Finland as well, uh, voting overwhelmingly to join the alliance. So it's a very different time than it was uh, in the 90s and the 2000s. Okay, and you notice how you start to see a little bit more green pop up here in the in the 2000s. And I will point out uh, my home area here, the Baltics, you will notice Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia, they are usually hitting the 2% threshold. And as of uh, the last few years, I'm not sure exactly, it is actually by law in the Baltic countries that they hit the 2% threshold. Uh, so they are three countries, for example, that are very worried about their sovereignty, their independence, where they are making sure that they uh, hit the 2% threshold of GDP for them. You also see uh, another one, historically, very much in a tenuous situation right next to the Baltics, Poland. They have, since the 2015, uh, mid, you know, 2010s, been hitting the 2% threshold as well and ramping up very much in 2023 at 4%. Okay. All in all, if you took the average... Um, uh, NATO is at 2.6% in 2023, but there's nuance to that number, right? If you include, uh, if you look at just the U.S. in 2023, as, a, as I've already mentioned, 3.3% military expenditure. But if you took the U.S. out and you just looked at the European nations and Canada, NATO is at 1.8%. So without the U.S., the overall guideline of 2% per GDP is not hit per NATO. And it has not been hit. This is this red bar I'm pointing at right now. It has not been hit since 1990, going on this five-year interval uh, table. What does it mean in gross dollar terms? Okay, this number right here, $1.3 trillion equivalent. That's if you take you know, the euro and some of the other currencies that are in NATO, convert them all to dollars, look at the total expenditure per year. $1.3 trillion. Of that $1.3 trillion, how much is the United States? 68%. 68%. And this has grown since the Cold War. Uh, there were times when it was closer to 50% on this table 40 years ago. Now, and for really the last 20 years, the U.S. has been close to 70% of the entire NATO military expenditure. Let's look at GDP now, okay? The GDP, that is the uh, denominator in these calculations. The numerator, of course, is uh, annual military expenditures. GDP for all NATO countries right now, $48 trillion, $48 trillion. From that number, what share does the United States have there? Answer, 54%, 50 4% of NATO GDP. So we can start to see some differences. And it was even lower during the Cold War time, only 42%, 50%, 40% in, uh, in the 80s and 90s. So notice there, that's a, that's a difference in share of 20 percentage points. That's quite a big difference. Okay. So whereas, again, let me explain this. If you looked at all NATO GDP, all output of countries that are in NATO, a very economic number, as slow and kind of wobbly as GDP can be, uh, total output, total goods and services, the final value sold during the year, the U.S. is only 50% of that basket. Yet, 
when you look at total military expenditures, the U.S. is 70% of that basket. So the U.S. is way above their share in military terms in NATO versus economic terms, the share that they take of that pie. I think that's enough statistics about NATO at the moment. This is not uh, over. I'm going to revisit this a few times. We're going to look at Russia's invasion of Ukraine. We're going to look at their military figures. We're going to look at what Ukraine has had to do to defend itself and more in the future. But uh, just to show you, this is a bird's eye picture of what it actually means to hit or not hit the 2% per GDP military expenditure target in NATO.